listening to the Baby Your Baby podcast with me, Jade Elliott, where we talk all things pregnancy, children, and parenting. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV 2 News podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health. You're listening to the Baby Your Baby podcast with myself, Jade Elliott, joined today by Tricia Reynolds, a child abuse and neglect prevention services administrator here with the Division of Child and Family Services. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. Uh, Today on the Baby Your Baby podcast, we are talking about five protective factors that will help your kids throughout their lives, Um, increasing positive outcomes for families, raising awareness about these protective factors, and the foundation of strengthening the family's approach. Parenting's hard, right? I mean, let's just break it down. (laughs) Parenting's hard. hard. It doesn't matter if your children are angels or not. It's hard. You, of course, want everyone to be set up for success when it comes to parenting. Um, and so what, what are some of the ways that we can increase these positive outcomes for families? Yeah, great question. Um, I love my work in child abuse prevention because it's really aimed at serving all families. I think a lot of people hear the term child abuse or neglect, and they maybe tune out and think, well, that doesn't apply to me. You know, I would never abuse my children or that doesn't happen to people like me. Um, but really what we see in the work that we do, um, at DCFS is that families that deal with abuse and neglect really are just like any other parent who have fallen on hard times and maybe don't have the supports or knowledge or resources available to help them. And, uh, they just need a little extra support. So, um, sometimes people will call me and say, Oh, I think I need to call DCFS on this family. What do you think? And that just breaks my heart because when I hear that, I think the community's already failed this family if we're to the point that we feel like we need to call DCFS. Mm -hmm. So in prevention, it's really about how we help families earlier and earlier. So the idea of dealing with abuse and neglect doesn't even cross anyone's mind. And there's so many ways that as a community, we can help support these um, increased protective family protective factors of those families around us. So just as one example, one of the protective factors that we know from research that helps families is social connections. Makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. If you are more isolated, you're more likely to struggle with your parenting because you don't have those friends to call and vent and cry and say, oh my gosh, my four-year-old had an epic tantrum this morning. Like, what did you do when your kid was four or where do you think I, who can I call for help, right? You need those social supports to support you, cheer you on. And so we see families that are more isolated tend to have more struggles. Families with more social connections tend to have a little more support. So that's just one example. And I think starting with that example is so timely for the season that we're in and that we've been in for the last now going on almost three years. Um, you know, from, from what I do outside of the baby or baby podcast here at two news, you know, talking about the news, the numbers are out there. We know that the pandemic has put a huge spotlight on, uh, on exactly what you're talking about, you know, Uh, and, and it's sad that it, it took something like this to put a bigger spotlight on, um, abuse or neglect, um, whether that be, you know, in the home or outside of the home. 
and talking about the isolation and how much that plays a factor into, into the abuse and the neglect. Um, and then, you know, with the pandemic, you know, talking about just how much more important these protective factors are uh, that, that we know them, that families know about them. Yeah. Yeah. At the beginning of the pandemic, it was interesting. A lot of people were concerned that kids who might be experiencing abuse and neglect weren't going to come to the attention of the child welfare agency because they were home. They were isolated. They weren't in school. And often it's teachers that, you know, notice these things and will call DCFS. And so that was kind of the narrative at the beginning of the pandemic was make sure you're keeping your eyes on these kids. And while that is part of the conversation, I think the other important part of the conversation is how do we not just keep our eyes on kids and make sure they're safe, but how do we make sure parents have what they need to keep their mm-hmm. kids safe, right? How are we making sure parents still have social connections when they're trying to be safe and isolated? And so we've all had to get really creative during the pandemic and find ways to engage with friends and family. Um, I'm doing a virtual play date with a girlfriend this week because we've been wanting to go out and we haven't felt like that's safe right now. And so I'm like, let's have a virtual dance party with our kids. Mm -hmm. And it's just those little things or creative tweaks that you can make to ensure that you're still staying connected to people who support you and build you up as a parent. And then what did you see in regards to um, some of those families who uh, may not have had, you know, a past history of neglect or abuse in their home, but then the pandemic hit and either in the home Um, stress became a bigger factor, which led to maybe more neglect or abuse, or um, these families were then put in a position to where both parents still had to go to work. They, they weren't able to work from home and they had to send their kids um, somewhere else that maybe wasn't as familiar to them. And, and, and when they did that, then their kids were put in a position of abuse and neglect. Yeah, that's a great question. I think it will honestly be years before we see all the impacts of COVID and how that's impacted our kids and families. The truth is we really don't know exactly what the outcomes of that will be. Um, Some people are worried that kids had less support at home, but if you look at the other side of the coin, there are some kids who may have had more support during COVID because they did have two parents home or their parents were in a position to spend a little bit more quality time with them. It's one of those silver linings of COVID that some of us Mm -hmm. have found is a lot more family time. So some of that has balanced itself out. And, um, in terms of, of kids going elsewhere, um, most of the daycares, a lot of daycares stayed open luckily. And then we have our crisis nurseries in Utah that stayed open during the entire pandemic to provide crisis respite care for parents who didn't have any support during the pandemic. Those are a really great resource to know about if parents aren't familiar with them. There are 17 crisis nursery locations throughout the state. They're free for all parents to access. And it's a place that you can drop your kid off for a couple hours. If you just need a break, if you need to take yourself to a therapy appointment to get the support you need, if you need to go home and take a nap or clean your house, those are um, times that you can use the crisis nursery for extra support. If you don't have those social connections or those uh, resources to, to call upon. Yeah. Which is fantastic because you do. Sometimes you just need a break and you don't know what to do. Right. And, and you have those resources, which, which are wonderful. Um, because, 
you know, kind of leading us into, into one of the next factors is, you know, the knowledge of parenting, the knowledge of child development. <laughs> this might sound shocking, but no parent <laughs> knows everything about parenting a child, whether you think you do or not. I'm a parent and I am the first one to say, I don't know everything. Yep. There's just, there's no way to. No. And I sure thought I would, because, you know, I come from a background <laughs> of working with children and families for 15 sure. years. And that was a rude awakening having kids. You just, there's no handbook and you really do need um, friends and access to resources and access to knowledge and an ability to learn and know where to go to get that parenting information. Um, You can Google a lot of stuff, but sometimes that's not enough, right? And so for parents to know who to call on to learn how to be parents, that can sometimes be your pediatrician that can be reaching out to a counseling agency and saying, I need a little bit more help. Um, we have a really great type of program in Utah called home visiting and a home visitor is a free service that will come to your house every week for the first several years of your child's life and help you with everything from toilet training to nutrition, to finances, whatever it is that you need. That is just an amazing service for parents. No, that's fantastic. Um, you know, and we've talked a little bit about, um, you know, the isolation and, and what the pandemic's brought on uh, from, you know, kind of a, a family parent standpoint. Um, but we also know that it's impacted our children as well, uh, academically, um, from, mm-hmm. you know, schools being shut down and then emotionally. And that's, I think that's, one of the things that we don't always touch on, mm-hmm. we don't always think about, you know, we think about the schooling, the education, the academics, um, because it, that's like a, a tangible item we can kind of grasp to, oh, well, they, they're not going to school. Well, there's so much more about just going to school or who you're with all day um, that leads to that emotional and social um, competence for kids. Right. Yeah. And that's another one of the protective factors that you're touching on is it's not all just about the parents. It's also about how the kid is, um, managing their emotions and how they get along with others, their own kind of mental health or wellness. And you're right. We've seen a lot of challenges for kids during the pandemic because they're taking on the stress of their parents. They're, um, in those services a little bit less, they're not getting, the same social connections at school that they might've had. And so um, we have seen the mental health services in the state really having increased usage from parents seeking help for their kids, which is honestly fabulous. Like that's what these agencies are there for. And it's so great to see parents being willing to reach out for help and saying, I need a little extra support with my kid right now. Um, There's some interesting research I've seen that parents in Utah are less likely than parents in other states to be willing and able to ask for help. And I'm not sure the full story behind that, but I think it's important to highlight that and Mm -hmm. and point out that it is okay to ask for help. That doesn't mean that you are um, a bad parent or not doing a good job. It means you're a human. It means you're a parent like any other parent. And there will be times, many times throughout your parenthood that you will need to ask for help. And so just not to feel that shame or mm-hmm. embarrassment to, to reach out and say, my kid's struggling, you know, they haven't been thriving during this pandemic. Where can I go to get my kid a little bit more, a little more support? 
Mm-hmm. Or not even, uh, you know, struggling during the pandemic, but now as kids are, you know, going back in school, <clears throat> struggling with those challenges of, you know, re-entrance to, um, you know, the, the social aspect of things, the emotional aspect of, you know, dealing with the crowds and the teachers and all of those, all the things that they haven't, you know, from being at home. So I think it, you know, it kind of goes both ways. Yeah. And all the change in routines, I think is hard for Mm -hmm. our kiddos. Um, If you guys are like me, you've had kids home on quarantine and exposure and cold, and that's really hard on kids. I sent my four-year-old back to preschool yesterday after two weeks of being home quarantined. And he has had the worst tantrums these couple mornings because he wanted to be home. And so just helping our kids learn the self-regulation skills, the, um, ability to identify and name their emotions and how they can handle those hard feelings that are, that they're having to deal with right now. Those are really important things for parents to learn how to help their kids with and get support from outside the home if they need extra support doing that. Yeah. And I think as a family unit, um, you know, with one of those five protective factors, like you're saying, the concrete supports, um, the things that, you know, different services can assist with for families to, to make the whole family unit, not just the mom or the dad or the kids or that whole family unit feel safe and protected. Yes. It's about knowing where to go to get supports that you need and having your basic needs met. Um, this protective factor concrete supports is really about your basic needs, like housing. If you are in unsafe or unstable housing, or you're really struggling to pay your rent or make ends meet, that's going to impact your ability to be the best parent you can be because that stress takes precedent over your own, you know, mental health and well-being. It's about having access to healthy and nutritious food, right? If you're struggling to put food on the table or um, your kids aren't getting nutritious meals throughout the day, that's added stress and that's impacting everybody's ability to be their best selves. So concrete supports is really about making sure families in our community have their basic needs met and feel comfortable reaching out when they need a little bit of support. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, I think a lot of it comes back as we started, you know, just saying parenting is hard, but parental resilience is key, not only, you know, for mom and dad to have that resilience to bounce back from a tough time uh, or a challenge or a pandemic. Um, but also to show those coping mechanisms and those skills and strategies to their children. Because, you know, for the most part in times like we've seen, the kids are going through the same things as the parents. They might be at a different level. The stressors might be a little different, but they're still there. And so uh, we know that they're all just, you know, tiny little sponges looking at everything that we do. And depending on how we cope with something is going to depend on how they cope with something as well. Absolutely. That resilience is so key. It's really about doing good self-care and filling your bucket as a parent. So you can then provide for tiny people that are in your care. Mm -hmm. Another personal example, like if my kid has a tantrum and I had a good night of sleep and a good breakfast, I'm much more of my best self and able to manage that tantrum in a way that I'm proud of. Then if I don't sleep well and I'm hangry, hangry is real. That is a real yeah. thing. And then I'm more likely to yell at my kid and escalate the situation. And then we're off and running. Right. And so making sure I have those internal skills to bounce back. And sometimes that means 
that you need to go get a little bit of individual therapy to manage the stress that you're dealing with. This is a hard time. Everybody's needing a little extra support. Sometimes that's making sure you have a healthy fitness routine. For me, walking is so key to managing my emotions, my, you know, anxiety. And when I'm getting that daily walk-in, I am a much better mom, employee, spouse. And so it's just identifying what it is that you as a human being need to bounce back when times are hard and how, you know, instead of crying every morning, getting kids out the door, how you can pick yourself back up and adjust and make it better tomorrow. Yeah. It's, I think it's so crucial, you know, us as parents, as moms, we always put everyone before us, but we need to remember that it's not, it's not a selfish thing in regards to putting ourselves first. It's an importance of making sure that we're in a good spot to then be able to make sure our kids are in a good spot. If we start our day off on that bad foot, it's all downhill from there. Exactly. And yeah, I think all parents do that. And especially moms, it's, it's a little bit harder for moms. I do think to take on that added burden and feel like it's your responsibility, but if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not doing your best taking care of others. Yeah. Well, you have a plethora of uh, resources and outlets for people. Walk us through some of those really quick. So people know where they can go um, to get assistance if they need it. Yeah. Or if they know someone that needs it. If they know someone who needs it is a big one, right? Because yeah. keeping your, we're not always going to be the first ones to say I need help. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There are so many great community supports available to help strengthen parents and support, support families. Um, I mentioned the family support centers. They're all across the state. They offer those crisis nursery services where you can just take a time out from parenting for a few hours to do what you need to build up your resilience. They also have other services like parenting classes, education. Many of them offer therapy. So if your kiddo's struggling or you need a little extra therapeutic support, they can offer that. Um, And you can learn more about the crisis nurseries through utahfamilies.org. And then I mentioned home visiting a little bit. The Office of Mm -hmm. Home Visiting uh, through the Department of Health funds several home visiting programs, and my agency funds several as well. Uh, You can access information about those at homevisiting.utah.gov and find the closest home visiting agency to you. And then we have Help Me Grow Utah, which is a parent resource and referral line that parents or pediatricians or anyone can call and say, I'm struggling with my kid. This is happening. What's going on? Can you help me figure out what I need to do? And they will provide free assessments of your child to help you identify if you need early intervention or speech therapy or therapy or any type of service you need, they will connect you with those resources. So it's a wonderful resource for parents to know. And then at what point, um, because we did talk, uh, you know, about a little bit about the abuse and the neglect, and, and we know that there are, you know, resources and outlets for families if they're, you know, going through challenges like that as well. A lot of the times it is going to be someone from the outside looking in that may see that or recognize it or report it before someone from within might. What kind of resources or outlets should people be looking at if they are thinking that there could be abuse or neglect in the home? And, and at what point, you know, should someone step in and take that kind of next step to say, I think this could be 
unfortunately happening in a home. Yeah, unfortunately it does happen. And there may be a time when you do need to contact DCFS and make a referral or a report. Um, We have a 24 hour statewide hotline that you can call and report any concerns that you have. As in terms of when you should do that, it's probably best just to call if you're unsure. The DCFS uh, workers who answer the phone are trained to help um, ask you more questions and elicit information out of you. And then they're really familiar with the state laws and they it will be up to them to determine if that's a time that DCFS should get involved or if it's not to the level of abuse and neglect, at least you made that call and did your due Mm -hmm. diligence to make sure you were doing the right thing. So don't feel like you have to know all the answers. Let DCFS help you with that. Um, And if they say, you know, this isn't abuse or neglect, they may refer you to a community resource to share with that family to help strengthen them. So you don't have to call back again, but you can always call that hotline. It's 855-323-3237. Perfect. Trisha Reynolds, thank you so much for being with us and walking us through all this, the five protective factors uh, that your kids uh, will be helped with, you know, throughout their lives and families as well. We really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for having me. And that concludes this episode of the Baby Your Baby podcast. for joining me, Jade Elliott, and our guest for this week's Baby Your Baby podcast. If you have a topic that you'd like our Baby Your Baby experts to discuss, leave us a comment and don't forget to subscribe. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV2 news podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health.